1: When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated and time-consuming fast. Now you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, Vanta. Vanta's leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews. Watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash cyber. China denies involvement in the Australian Parliament hack. We've got some Patch Tuesday notes. A new strain of Schleyer malware is out. We've got a look at grey energy. Reactions are in to the destructive VF email attack. And thoughts on St. Valentine's Day with advice, admonition, and an excursus on credential stuffing and holiday donuts. From the Cyberwire Studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your Cyberwire summary for Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. China has got around to officially denying it had anything to do with an attempted hack of parliament in Canberra. Beijing's foreign ministry says it's another move in a smear campaign. There's been no official attribution of the attack, and Australian investigators haven't been going out of their way to finger China but China is now the usual suspect in such capers and that's where industry and media have focused their speculation yesterday was patch tuesday microsoft released fixes for 76 vulnerabilities 20 of which redmond classified as critical adobe also patched as is its custom offering security updates for flash player acrobat reader and the cold fusion programming language and the creative cloud desktop app Microsoft's patches addressed Windows, Office, IE, Edge, the .NET Framework, Exchange Server, Visual Studio, and Team Foundation Server. They also offered fixes for Assure IoT SDK, Dynamics, and Flash Player. One of the fixes takes care of an Internet Explorer Zero Day that's been actively exploited in the wild. CVE 2019-0676 can, when exploited, allow an attacker to read files on a disk. The usual mode of infection is via a malicious website. Remember, too, that Microsoft would like you to understand that IE is not actually a browser, and you shouldn't be using it as one. We received some advice from Avanti's Director of Product Management, Chris Godel, on what the sensible priorities should be for applying yesterday's patches. He says that the OS, browser, and office updates should be high on the list, The Windows and IE patches are particularly important since the vulnerabilities they address are being actively exploited. He also recommends attending to Microsoft Exchange Server. The fixes address privilege escalation vulnerabilities that could give attackers admin rights. And Godel recommends fixing the Adobe products Flash, Acrobat, and Reader. These are, as usual, being heavily targeted, and they amount to low-hanging fruit for crooks, skids, and others who dine out on such things. Security firm Carbon Black has found a new strain of Mac macOS malware, first observed last year by Indego. This version of Schleyer, notable for both its obfuscation and its privilege escalation capabilities, has been downloaded from multiple sites. Its most common guise is that of a bogus Adobe Flash software update. Researchers at security firm ExtraHop recently had a run-in with a malicious Chrome extension downloaded from Google. Matt Cawthorn is vice president of pre-sales security engineering at ExtraHop, and he joins us to share what they found.
0: There's a very popular API testing tool out there called Postman, and on the Google uh, Web Store for Chrome, you can download a Chrome extension named Postman, ostensibly for helping test your APIs as you develop your code. Uh, And we had a few developers do that. Interestingly, we saw... This sort of low and slow um, socket outbound, it was a web socket, plain text HTTP, web web traffic, outbound to a public IP address on a, a suspicious looking port, and we sort of monitoring our own activities at ExtraHop as a security company. And we started to investigate this, and it got more and more suspicious as we looked into it, and sure enough, this particular, uh, we were actually able to trace it back to This particular Chrome extension that had been installed on three laptops, we took them offline, we did the remediation, and we found that the thing was exfiltrating data. Specifically, it was exfiltrating URLs that the browser was traversing. Mm -hmm. For us, the impact, fortunately, it was contained and sort of responded to very, very quickly, but the impact is really self-evident because it's effectively a supply chain, like a software supply chain attack, where... The developers who are chartered to develop code and get stuff done—they want to test their APIs. Postman is very established; it's very, very popular, super useful. On here, this 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 malicious developer basically squatted on the name in the extension store in Google. Was able to slip in malicious code under the sort of guise of using this Postman service. So it's really—it was really interesting. It wasn't particularly sophisticated, but I got to say, it was quite clever because. They got the clicks, and, you know, 27,000 of them, actually, and they they basically squatted on the name, and they were able to inspect the stuff that we were doing in our browsers, which is pretty scary.
1: Yeah. Now, for the folks who went looking for the legit Postman uh, extension in the store, uh, what did they come across that
0: fooled them? So they originally did have a Chrome extension, which was subsequently pulled off in favor of they have their postman as a service now they have their own installables they have their own platform specific you install a standalone application for Windows for Mac for whatever mm. so they pulled it off of the off of the web store this guy comes in and takes the name he squats on the name after ah. they pulled theirs down and so he it's basically like you know, domain squatting, basically on a defunct domain name. Extensions for Chrome, they're they are exposed to, they have access to kind of everything that happens in your browser. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some controls that Google tries to invoke with the manifest file. There's a file that sort of defines what the thing is able to do or whatever. But most users are not incentivized, A, or motivated, B, to scrutinize the behaviors of a given extension. They sort of trust the name of Google which is about as ubiquitous as it gets. And so they install, right from the official store, they install a plugin that happens to be doing bad stuff. It's a real challenge.
1: Now, obviously, you know, the folks you have there working at ExtraHop are not rookies when it comes to this sort of stuff. And and if you all could fall victim to this, what are your recommendations for folks to prevent this from happening in their own organization?
0: So we have a team of, of researchers, of threat researchers, and we do a lot of hunting internally for security reasons, obviously, mm. as well as just research reasons. And these guys tracked it down very, very quickly, which was impressive. But the more I started looking into the the big problem, think of this as like a, a software supply chain exploit effectively. And so, if you have a plugin that needs to reach out to the external world, and you're an adversary, you're, you're probably going to target. It's a wise bet, at least, to get the clicks, to get the download, is to spoof yourself, to pretend you are an API integration of some sort, right? Some sort of testing tool. It's expected to reach to the outside world. And absent, like close scrutiny, you expect the thing to be reaching out and talking to external things, potentially uh, good or bad. And you you might not think about the bad part so what it, from a recommendation perspective there's a lot that goes on here and the, the deeper you go into this the software supply chain attacks the scarier it becomes frankly because recommendation wise you, you got to scrutinize it and you have to be aware of the different tools tactics and procedures that they can they can invoke to bypass detection and to convert the click event if you will to get themselves installed and here the main vehicle, as unsophisticated as it was, like I said, it was quite clever, they, they just squatted on a name that they knew was very popular, that they knew was going to be downloaded, at least by some, to get effective work done for, for the company as they wrote code.
1: That's Matt Cawthorn from ExtraHop. The ICS security specialists at Nozomi have published their research into Gray Energy, a strain of malware security firm ESET discovered in 2018. A successor to black energy, gray energy has been used against infrastructure targets in Ukraine and elsewhere. As its name suggests, although the malware has been deployed against several targets, gray energy's controllers have most famously used it against targets associated with power distribution. Nozomi points out a feature that tends to make the malware resistant to reverse engineering. It's surrounded by a lot of junk code. Obfuscation hinders observation. The malicious code has been examined, but analysis had to work through a lot of irrelevancy. The destructive attack VF email sustained Monday still looks like a motiveless hack. The email service is still trying to restore what it can, but most of its data appear to be gone for good. We heard from Vectra's head of security analytics, Chris Morales, who noted in an email that quote, this kind of destructive attack with no stated motive or demands is quite rare. Praveen Jain, CTO at Caverin, said that apparently motiveless attacks like this one underscore the importance of not only air-gapped backups, but of better employee training. And finally, tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day. You'd forgotten, hadn't you? You're welcome, don't mention it. As you thrash around online in last-minute searches for gifts, tokens of esteem, or indeed for love itself, hoping to salvage the day, beware. beware. The cybercriminals read the same calendar you do, and they're primed to take advantage of any 11th-hour desperation. Be especially wary of online offers of chocolate, cards, flowers, and so forth. Hackers speak the language of love, but they do so with a serpent's tongue. So by all means, express your love. You'd better express your love, or significant others will know the reason why. But express it with the seemly circumspection a civilized person uses online, For example, no below-the-belt selfies, if you please, signor danger. Those are quite simply uncalled for, and in any case don't argue for a mature understanding of matters of the heart. While we know the heart has its reasons, of which reason knows nothing, on selfies the heart and the brain are of one mind. Inclinations to the contrary come from elsewhere, perhaps the spleen, or better yet, from one of those A.I.s we keep hearing about. And no buying off-brand candy or using floral gifts from dodgy sites. If the email invite says something along the lines of, Greetings of the day, fellow youth. We are to be offering to you the most esteemed and bestest values of the Valentine. Well then, tell the shadow brokers to call you back on some other holiday. We don't know, maybe VJ Day. It's a favorite up Rhode Island way. You've probably considered the donut as a love token. These, as you know, are widely exchanged and appreciated in the hacking and infosec communities. If so, then be advised that Dunkin' Donuts is offering a Valentine's special, a bouquet of donuts so arranged as to look a bit like a floral arrangement, just the thing to carry back to your inamorata's keyboard demure. And also be advised that Dunkin' Donuts is looking out for you. Their DD Perks Rewards program hasn't been hacked, but a lot of its members apparently reuse their passwords. If you're one of those, Dunkin' Donuts advises you to stop doing so and to change your password. They've found that someone's targeting their customers in credential stuffing attacks. So stuff the donuts, not credentials. Hey everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Dr. Charles Clancy. He's the director of the Hume Center for National Security and Technology at Virginia Tech. Dr. Clancy, great to have you back again. Uh, We saw a story come by about uh, some work that uh, the Pentagon had been working on. Uh, This is using artificial intelligence to uh, do a better job with uh, an ever-tightening RF spectrum availability. And it was something called the Spectrum Collaboration Challenge. What was going on here?
2: The Spectrum Collaboration Challenge is a a program that was launched by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, um, typically, DARPA has programs where they will put 30 to $50 million into, into developing a specific technology or, or uh, demonstrate a particular new capability. Uh, but in this case, instead of just giving all the money to a handful of, of companies or universities, they actually decided to have a, a competition where they offer prizes uh, similar to some of the other challenges they've done in the past around unmanned vehicles or uh, around cyber Uh, And this one was really focused on how AI-enabled wireless systems could uh, really more effectively communicate in um, not only a crowded spectrum but also a contested spectrum where you might uh, have adversarial components seeking to disrupt your ability to communicate.
1: Now, one of the things they noted in this article was that this was the first time they saw autonomous collaboration outperforming manual human-driven attempts to optimize spectrum.
2: Exactly. So historically, uh, spectrum planners have decided what channels uh, should be used by different systems in order to minimize interference, um, and and it's all been a very static plan, uh, and that works well uh, because you're divvying up the spectrum, but it it leads to inefficiencies. In fact. Uh, Many DOD bands are only about 30% occupied, uh, even at at their peak times, just because of all of the buffers and guards that are needed in order to make sure that signals don't bump into each other. Um, If you want to get above that 30% uh, and be more efficient in the use of the spectrum, then you really need uh, dynamic reactive systems that can identify where the holes are and uh, coordinate uh, among each other to identify who should communicate where and when. And this this decentralized autonomy is is particularly challenging because uh, if you can imagine military spectrum, you could have uh, you could have links from air, aircraft to ships, you could have radar systems, uh, you could have all kinds of different things that use the electromagnetic spectrum and do so in very incompatible ways. So the ability for all of them to uh, really choreograph themselves to to achieve higher efficiencies is is really impressive.
1: Uh, Another thing that struck me from this article was they mentioned that the military is in the process of turning over up to 500 megahertz of spectrum to the private sector in the next couple of years. And and I suppose, I mean, that's an ongoing tension between uh, the military's need for that spectrum, but the, the real hunger for that spectrum on the commercial side.
2: Uh, Exactly. Uh, The military has a lot of spectrum that they use. Uh, They don't use it very often, but when they do use it, it's really important. Um, One example that's part of that 500 megahertz is uh, 150 megahertz uh, that sits at at 3.5 gigahertz. Um, And over the last two years, the Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, has gone through a rulemaking process to establish uh, what's called the Citizens Broadband Radio Service, or CBRS. Um, And and this is a band where commercial broadband service and enterprise broadband will actually coexist in the same channels uh, as Navy radar systems. And uh, there's a a whole sensor network that's being deployed along the U.S. coastline uh, specifically designed to detect when those Navy ships are operating uh, their radars. And when those radars are on, uh, it actually sends signals to all of the broadband systems to to reconfigure and move into different bands. Uh, But this whole concept of spectrum sharing is really key to opening up new bands uh, really to enable uh, advanced 4G 4G service and a lot of the new 5G uh, also targeting these new frequency bands.
1: Dr. Charles Clancy, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker too. The Cyberwire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Filecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Ivan, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1000 off by going to vanta.com/cyber.
2: That's v a n t a.com/cyber.